Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is. The head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I go by the name of Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> you know, I host this quaint little radio show you're now listening to. Don't be alarmed, though, if you're not yet being entertained. Have some patience, as I'm pretty sure this will soon be rectified. You know, maybe not like, say, a Star Wars movie or Game of Thrones entertained, but at least like sitting through another episode of Survivor entertained. So that said, I I guess I should give everyone a heads up that this show will be a blatant attempt at ripping off the Dr. Phil show, yes. Our executive producer feels we could jump on his ratings machine by exploiting the pain and suffering of others, just like that not-really-doctor, you know? My My ethical concerns, I have to say this, have been dismissed, of course, so this, let's just get this train wreck going, as they say. Say hello to our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can you give us a decent chuckle? Uh, sure. Uh, how about this? <laughs> um, no, it's, that's pretty good, I guess. Not your best, but it, it'll do. Oh, can I have a do-over? I'm sure I can do better. No, no, it's, it's early in the show. Save it for later, all right? Now Darn. I have to acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Mr. Gerald Holcomb. Say something Anything, just keep it short and concise, like yo or hey. Well, very well. Hey. But, Spud, can I at least use my full catchphrase? Hey, yeah. Yeah, It works so much better, don't you think? I have no opinion on your catchphrase. Hey, yeah. Whatever turns your crank. Well, I've been trying to squeeze it in each week, and you never really give me an opportunity. Most successful co-hosts have a catchphrase. I feel... Hey, yeah, can really be my brand, you know? (laughs) Something that people think of, they think of me when they hear the name Gerald Holcomb. They think, hey, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, like I said, whatever, okay? Okay, then. Hey, hey, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. Um, Do you have that out of your system now, though? Yep, absolutely. uh, You know what? What, Let me do one more. Hey, yeah. Okay, all right. The sooner we get the the stupid Dr. Phil wannabe episode started, the sooner it'll be over. And and then I can hit the, the bowling lanes. Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. Because I really need to learn how to throw a hook. You know, going straight down the middle is is not really cool these days. That's true. Should I bring your Uncle Steve and his little ventriloquist dummy into the studio now? They're still waiting outside, and I think it's kind of rude not to invite him in. Please don't call Jerry a dummy. He or or they uh, will violently react to that term. My, my uncle has no clue he's, a, he's about to be humiliated here for, for the sake of ratings. It's a good thing he, he's a very trusting person and, and probably won't figure out what we will have done to him for at least a few days, if ever. Uh-oh, I don't feel good about this. It just seems wrong to me. Yeah, listen, you guys, this is a proven formula for TV, so why not radio? Interventions are compelling human dramas. 
what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Well, so are public floggings, but to this point, we've said no to that. This is not going to end well. I just feel I'm it. not saying we have to go this route every week, but God knows the show needs some new material. You know, something that will capture the attention of the public. Spud, your uncle, a middle-aged man who has this strange attachment to an old ventriloquist dummy made like Don't probably back in word. the 1950s. I know, but he carries it with him at all times. And I need to add, he's not even a ventriloquist. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, I know. the dynamics of it are both chilling and fascinating. And understand, this is not just a Dr. Phil model. I mean, you've got Maury Povich, um, Jerry Springer, and, Look, and others. Don't go trashing the Jerry Springer brand by tossing his name in with this, this show's weak crap that we're trying to do here. Mm. He's better than that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I... I, I Guess you can let my Uncle Steve in the studio. You can open the door now. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Steve, uh, Uncle Steve, you want to come over and sit? Just sit down. Just Uncle Steve, just sit down. Right Yeah, come on. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, here, right here on the couch? Yeah. Jerry prefers a recliner, but it will do. Uh, right, Jerry? Uh, now, be nice, okay? This studio is a dump. Why do we have to sit on this raggedy couch for our interview? Jerry, I told you if you behave here... We will go to Dairy Queen the way home, and you can have a large blizzard. I want pizza. Can't we stop at Pizza Hut? But I have a coupon for Dairy Queen. All right, Pizza Hut it is, if you behave yourself here. Ed, with as many toppings as I want, right? Yes, Jerry. Now, Spud, what do you want to interview us about? Well, I, I, would, well, I would think you know just about everything about Jerry and I by now. I mean, we are family. Courtney, Chloe... Well, this is not exactly going to be an interview. Well, why don't we call it a conversation about, you know, your good buddy Jerry here? Well, well, just don't piss him off, as you know how ugly it can get. Yeah, don't, don't you worry about any outbreaks, as we're prepared to deal with anything that comes up in our uh, conversation. Uh, yeah. We even have an intern ready to break up any altercations. Good call, yo. Steve, I want you to know that even though we haven't been that close over the years, my sister, or Spud's mom, always liked you, regardless of your brother, Sparky. I think you would agree, though, he was a horrible father and husband. Oh, yeah. Sparky was not really good at those things. We actually were never really that close. But Jerry here always got along really well with him. He was a total badass, and Spud, I will never understand how you could be the son of Sparky Goodman. His testicles are bigger than Listen, why your... don't you just chill? Everybody needs to just chill for a second, because I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be talking to a little later on in the show, okay? Jeez. Here is Voodoo Death Gun.
Hey, it's your man JB Smooth. When I have nothing to do, better with my time, I hang on my boy, Spud Goodman. That's my boy. Although I don't know him, I don't give a damn about him. But just, just for the hell of it, tune into him, listen to him, okay? I, I can't guarantee anything. Uh, Spud, your, yeah. your first guest, Jim Jeffries, is holding for you. Yeah, Jim's a great guest. I think this is like, what, the third time he's been on? Yeah. He has a new show on Comedy Central. Uh, you know, I don't watch that comedy channel. All they seem to do is make fun of our commander-in-chief. They are not our friend. Yeah, well, what else is funnier these days? If you were a comedy writer, would you rather work a, a two-hour day or a 15-hour day? Hey, Trump has made writing comedy about as easy as boiling water. I would never make fun of our presidents, but hashtag patriotic American. Oh, where was your patriotism uh, when Barack Obama was, was president? Did, didn't you put an impeach Obama bumper sticker on your car the day after he was elected? Uh, well, I believe it was a couple of weeks after. Uh, hashtag not an American citizen. Um, hashtag just put Jim through, please. Your hashtag got it. Welcome back to the show, comedian, actor, and writer Jim Jeffries. Thanks for checking in with us. Thanks for having us, mate. Yep. You have a new show, coincidentally named The Jim Jeffries Show, now airing on Comedy Central each Tuesday night at 10.30, 9.30 Central. Uh, we've got all the sketches and everything ready to go, so I'm uh, pretty excited. Yeah, well, as in your stand-up act, I'm assuming you'll be dealing with the topics of the day in the show. You've never been reticent to dive in on stuff that may piss off a few people, but that comes with uh, discussing real, like, non-alternative facts these days, right? Yeah, we're, we're going to be doing whatever whatever happens in the news, you know. Uh, we're also, the show's going to be slightly more world-based than that of, like, John Oliver or Samantha Bee, and... Uh, we're going to be doing field pieces that are international. Yeah, you know, this is just a heads up, you know, when you deal with this stuff, there's a solid, like, 38 to 40 percent in this country who would reject, like, 2 plus 2 equals 4 if delivered by the wrong team's messenger. It's kind of oh, weird these days. I think it's days. closer to 50 percent of the country. Really? Um, okay. If, if, you, if you check uh, my Facebook and all the comments underneath all my clips, it's closer to 80 <laughs> percent. But, look, you, you can't... You know, there's people who, who are saying to me now, like, uh, can you stop being political? And it's like, I don't want to talk about Trump all the time. I'd rather not. But, you know, he's the biggest thing in the news. So they're like, oh, I used to like you before you're political. And first of all, I've always been political. But this whole idea that comedians and entertainers shouldn't be political is, is ridiculous. You know, comedians have been political since Charlie Chaplin impersonated Hitler in The Great Dictator. You know, yeah, like, yeah. that was before the talkies. And then you think about, like, like, oh, you shouldn't be political or you shouldn't uh, uh, speak out about things. And then all of a sudden it's like the first person, if there's a cause or a charity event or a, or a politician needs something, who do they employ to, uh, to raise money? Entertainers. Yeah. Yep. So we can be used as minions to, to make money for things or to, or to, to bring awareness to a cause, but we're not allowed to speak out about a cause ourselves. Yeah, you know, I've spoke with other comedians on this show who, who deal with political material, and, you know, the common position, uh, they share what you just said, that you really can't go on stage in this current era and not deal with reality, and that involves politics. I guess I haven't spoken with Carrot Top, though, in a while. It must be tough for those with acts who are not equipped to, like, incorporate it. I'm sure he has a prop wig that looks like Trump. Okay, there you go. All right, super. Um, Spud, 
I, what? Oh, I certainly hope you don't call up Carrot Top and egg him on to start doing Trump jokes in his act. Hey, hey, Jim, I need a moment here. I haven't interviewed him in a couple years, so I doubt he would take my advice on anything. Well, that's good to hear, as my wife and I have made a couple of visits to Las Vegas, and I gotta say, we've enjoyed Carrot Top's show at the Luxor Hotel very much. He is the one comedian that we know will spare us from having to endure cheap political shots at our current president. Pretty soon, I bet even Carrot Top will be doing at least a few minutes on Trump. How can he avoid it? Well, very simply, by ignoring the mainstream media's constant attacks on hashtag our greatest president. Uh, don't you mean hashtag fake president? One day soon, when the truth comes out that our commander-in-chief has been the victim of a giant organized smear campaign, you and all the others will regret all the mean things you've said about him. Maybe, but it's hard to shed a tear for the all-time smearing champion of the world himself. Hashtag liar, liar, pants on fire. Uh -huh. Now let me get back to Jim, okay? So as a native of Australia, has your country ever experienced such a bad asset trip politically that we Americans are now dealing with? I mean, we can't come down from it as it keeps getting worse day by day. We're going through, uh, there's, there's, there's like a Donald Trump-like characters around the world at the moment. And there's people who are calling for Muslim bans and there's people who are calling for the coal industry to take over again. and. All these other things. They have a lady in Australia at the moment called Pauline Hanson, who's just in the Senate, but her party's actually gaining strength. And she, she, same thing. She's, uh, she's trying to bring that, she's trying to bring that coal mining 500 miles away from the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, you know I what read I mean? that. It will be an environmental disaster. She's trying to bring it back. And uh, she, she used the terrorist attacks in London the other day to call for a Muslim ban and. And you know, when I was when I was younger, she when she was trying to get into power, she was trying to she hated the Asians, and now she hates the Muslims. And it's like Trump; it used to be all the Mexicans, this Mexicans, that, and now he's after all the Arab people. You know, it's it's always just a new enemy. Right. Uh, yeah, that's well stated. You know, and I'm pretty sure future generations of this country are still going to be freaked out watching old clips from like panels, the panels on Anderson Cooper or Don Lemon's show on CNN. I mean. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how long it's going to take for this country to, and, and our country to, to get over this. But anyway, I'll, I'll move on to another topic. Well, three more hours, mate. Three more years. That's three and a half more years. That's what you got. Yeah, right? it is. It is. Unless, uh, yeah, unless we get a, uh, an act from God to, to save us. But anyway, let me let me ask you this. Is there any topic that Comedy Central has said, hey, man, you best leave that one alone. The potential blowback's just not worth it? Well, no. You know, they do, they do get a look at the final edit. Um, and you know, the show will always run a few minutes long and then we'll edit it down. But the fact of the matter is, um, 90, well, maybe 80% of tonight's show was written yesterday. I see. And okay. so if it was written yesterday, they don't have a lot of time to give notes because it's a news-based show. You know, I assume with the daily show, they're not giving notes at all. But, you, you, you know, you get in, you look at the news, you write, you know, and I haven't turned on the television today or read a paper yet so hopefully nothing big has happened this morning and that'll make my day a bit easier <laughs> really well you know i know in the past you received a bit of feedback let's just call it that from say gun enthusiasts from your position on gun control they seem sure. to take guns pretty serious like real real serious 
So I'm just wondering, is that going to be a topic you're going to deal with ever? Yeah, look, I feel like I've covered guns pretty well, but, you know, there's, you know, I think there's a joke uh, tonight about guns, not like a big segment, but there's a joke about it, you know. Of course, it's something that I'm still going to mention from time to time. It's, um, it's, a, it's a subject that I'm fairly passionate about, so... Right, all right. And it's a subject that still bemuses me. You know, the fact that we had the president, you know, say, oh, you know, like... Um, notice there isn't a gun debate because they use knives and vans. And I'm like, well, yeah, they use knives. Seven people got killed in London. Three people with knives. You know, one shooter in Orlando and 30-something people died. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's gun control at, at its best. Right, That right. only seven people died. With yeah. a truck and knives, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. All right, I know you got to get going here, so I want to remind everyone the Jim Jeffries Show airs each Tuesday night on Comedy Central at 10.30, 9.30 Central. Thanks so much for coming back on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. There you have it, Mr. Jim Jeffries. This is the Spud Goodman Show. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. Hey, that's a mighty fine-looking suit, mister. You like it? Uh-huh. Fits you beautifully, and it does things for you. Where'd you get it? Well, uh... Ah, oh, never mind. You don't have to tell me. There's only one place you could get a suit like that, and that's important. Hey, bud! Hey, bud! Hey, bud, just a minute. What? Take a look at your shoes. Why? That's important. Why? Everybody else does. Is that so? You don't have to tell me. There's only one place you could get a shoes like that. Is that so? Yeah, and remember. Well, uh... Ah. Uh, why? Well, uh... Why? Ah. Uh, ahoy there! Just when I'm late for work, too. Ho, ho, ho. We're glad to spend our dough. I'll say so. Why? And I'm a telling you, pal, and I'm a telling you, pal, just like that. Hey, that's a mighty fine-looking suit, mister. You like it? Better get a new one today. Well, uh... Take a look at your shoes. If they're run down from heel to toe, here's the place for you to go. And that's important. It's just my luck. Just when I'm late for work, too. Ho, ho, ho. We're glad to spend our dough. Just like that. Just like that. Just like, just like, just like that. I'll say so. Ahoy there. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. And Lucian. And we're pigs and now. We're pigs now. And we are on. And we are on. Hello, this is Dahlia. And Lucian. And we are pigs now. Yeah, and we are pigs now. We are playing at the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you, Mr. Goodman. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Uncle Steve, um, uh, are you with me? Um, uh, I'm supposed to ask you just when you found Jerry and how he became such a big part of your life. Well, the truth is Jerry found me. It was just one of those times in life, I think you could call it destiny. I went to a garage sale in our neighborhood, and it was not an especially good one either, as most of the stuff they had was 
crap. What, what's that, Jerry? I think they had some really cool things besides me, of course, like an easy-bake oven, some fairly new cans of Play-Doh, and a really cool moose head. I told you to buy that moose head. But no, you didn't listen to me. It's way too big for our living room, Jerry. I was thinking of the bathroom. How neat it would be to see people's faces when they open the bathroom door. They want to shut of your mind talking about Justin Bieber! Uh, Steve, uh, may I call you Steve? Sure. Uh, just how close are you and Jerry, if I may ask? Uh, did your relationship begin immediately after purchasing him at the garage sale? Um, hey, you don't have to answer that if you don't want to. Uh, it's okay. After we got back to my place, we had a chance to get to know each other, and we sort of hit it off, I guess. Mm -hmm. What do you remember, Jerry? Um, that your apartment was a pigsty. Oh, Living boy. by yourself is not working. I saw a huge stack of dishes in the sink, and the plates had new fungus growing on the old fungus. Uh, Jerry is prone to exaggeration when expressing himself. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. I know that Spud's mother, Safola, always enjoyed Jerry. Yeah, I mean, she always called him your, your, your cute therapy apparatus. My therapy apparatus? Yeah. Did someone call me a therapy apparatus? What, what's a therapy apparatus? Uh, Jerry, I believe she is insinuating you're a healing or comforting tool for me, which I find highly insulting. There are all kinds of perversions. Uh-oh, did I bring up a sensitive subject? If so, I'm sorry. Well, you know, if our listeners are going to be able to understand what drives a grown man to carry around a ventriloquist's uh, doll, well, it's somewhat unusual, to say the least. Did this fake wind-up co-host just call me a doll? <laughs> you, well, I know that dummy is a uh -oh. derogatory term. D dude, so what I did I tell you about using the D word? Well, now you've done it. This in our pants yet? Uh, Jerry, please forgive him, as he knows not what he does. Bullshit! Hey, uh, uh, check up our next guest. Wow. Ready to go, please? Yes, that is a good idea. Well, listen, I feel we were just starting to understand what drives this aberrant behavior. And hey, just, we, we just put our next guest through, man. Seriously. Our, uh, okay. Well, and yes, uh, I am being told by the board that uh, Bert Ward is ready to speak with you, Spud. Uh, you know, this must be a tough time for Bert with his friend and past cast member, Adam West, passing away. Yeah, I, I know. He will be missed as Batman, and he was a real TV icon, for sure, if there ever was one. Yeah. You know, we haven't spoken with Bert in a while, but I think he's still active in animal rescue work. He has a, a dog food brand that's pretty tasty, according to my dog, Homer. I bought a huge bag, and he loved it. And uh, I should say this, all proceeds go to further Bert and his wife's uh, rescue work, which is pretty cool. Well, Spud, I know you tend to see yourself as a Batman-like figure, sort you know, fighting bit. for truth yeah. and justice. And I like to think of myself as your Robin. Well, that's somewhat delusional. As you what? can never fit into that costume Robin or, or, well, or Bert wore on the show. It would just not be doable. Well, maybe not, but I like to think I embody the essence of what Robin brought to Batman. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Okay, whatever. Just put Bert through. Yeah, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor and animal rescue activist, Mr. Bert Ward. How you doing? I'm doing fine, citizen. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I got to deal with this. I I'm sure you have a, a heavy heart with the recent passing of your friend and fellow cast member, Adam West, from your TV show, Batman. 
Well, let me tell you, I, I, I love Adam. Uh, you know, I, I actually sat down the other day and I, I figured out that 75% of the time, my time on this planet has been working with Adam West. Wow. 75% of my life. And I love the guy. And we, you know, we met just before our screen test in July of 1965. And in the first three minutes, we became friends, just talking before we did our screen test. And he and I have been great friends. Our families have, have been, you know, loved each other. I mean, I, I love the guy. I mean, he's like a mentor, a friend, a big brother. He, we, and, you know, we get together even every month now. We've been doing this um, where we do these personal appearances together after filming 120 episodes. Uh, and we do these all these giant appearances. And I'll tell you something a little ironic, and that is that my dear friend, okay, when we do these appearances, and, and I mean there's huge crowds. Like, like recently in Dallas, 80,000 people came out to see us. And just before that, Toronto, wow. 160,000 people came out to see us. I mean, the lines, the, I mean, 600 to 1,000 people in line just to have their photograph taken with us. But in addition to doing that, we do these panels. And a panel is where, you know, we, we come out for 45 minutes to an hour. They've got a huge area of the convention center uh, set up uh, where you can get anywhere from 500 to 5,000 people in. And we, you know, we talk about our, our show and we answer questions. Well, when Adam comes out, one of the things that he does, I, I'm first interviewed. I mean, I come out first, I'm introduced. Then he comes out and here's what he says. He says this like almost every time. He'll say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to stand here a few extra moments and allow you to admire my incredible physical crime-fighting physique. <laughs> and, of course, people laugh, you know, because it's so funny. He's, he's such a funny guy. And he says, would you like to know my secret? Would you like to know how I'm able at 88 years of, old, uh, of, years of age to be so vital? And the answer is, every morning. I have a bowl of Burt Ward's Gentle Giant's dog food. And people are laughing. And the irony, here's the irony for me, is that for 23 years, my wife and I have rescued dogs. It's our charity. We take nothing from it. We've spent millions of dollars to develop a dog food. We take nothing from it and just literally sell it at, at, at our cost so that people can have their dogs living as long as ours. We've doubled and tripled the lifespan of dogs up to 27 years. And the irony is that I wish I could do the same thing for human beings because I would have my dear friend here another 88 years if I could do it. Right. You know, uh, on that topic, uh, I have to say this. Uh, you do saintly work in the field of animal rescue. You, you have a non that, the nonprofit company, Gentle Giant Rescue, that sells right. a great product, coincidentally called you know, Gentle Giant Dog Food. I just want to say I know my rescue dog, a hundred pound plus uh, English uh, foxhound Homer, digs your stuff. I bought a bag, a big bag, and he vacuumed it up. Well, the thing is, is let me let me tell you something. Dogs eating our food after about three to four weeks, sometimes five weeks, will be almost like a completely different dog. And the reason for that, our food was designed for maximum longevity. We don't add all the fat that you find in other dog foods that are not only inside the dog food, but the fat they spray on the outside of the dog food. Dog food is normally greasy. Ours is bone dry. Yeah. And we've done everything we could, 
even though it costs extra money and we take nothing from it because this is our charity. And if you really love animals like my wife and I do, this is what we want to contribute, you know, I mean, back to to every animal lover, everybody who has a dog. You know, there's 80 million dogs in the United States in 67 million households and people that have their dogs, they love them like their own kids. Well, yeah, and they would love their dog to live so much longer. But you can't do that with regular dog food. I mean, it's prematurely shortening their lives. The fat in it, the extra fat added to make dogs hungrier, to make you buy more food, the, the sprayed on the outside to, to, to get them to eat it. Uh, it. It's just you can't put garbage in and expect longer life. You have to do right. the best in order to save them. All right. Well, let me ask you a, a question. I don't have to go to your Facebook page. I'll ask you directly. How tough is adoption for the bigger dogs? Because I will admit it's it's kind of like having another person living in your house, but without them bugging you, you know, for the remote to change the channel. Because my dog's big, and I, sh- I know you have a bunch of large dogs, right? Well, I have more than 50 in my house. Wow. And so I, you know, as I kiddingly say, I've definitely gone to the dogs, right? Well, let me close this thing because I know you got to get going by asking you, what was your most memorable moment doing the Batman TV show with the late, great Adam West? You got any little quick story you can toss out? Well, I have uh, thousands of them, but one of the most memorable moments was surviving because it was such a dangerous show. I'll tell you one quick story. One quick story. Um, when we were doing Batman, the very first day, the very first day, the very first shot, is, is I was doing coming riding in the Batmobile, coming out of the Batcave. You know, you come out really fast, like 55 miles an hour. The, this gate goes down, a sign goes down, and you drive over the sign and zoom off to Gotham City. Well, I, I got dressed. It was my first shot of the first day of filming. It's like 7.30 in the morning. I'm in this costume, and I get into the Batmobile inside this cave. It's a little dim, so I couldn't see too well. And I look over, expecting to see Adam West as Batman. But it wasn't him. It was somebody else in a Batman costume. And I said, well, wait a minute. You're not Adam. Who are you? He says, my name's Hubie. And I said, well, what are you doing here? They said, I'm a stuntman. And he said, this is a very dangerous shot. And they don't want to take a chance of Adam West getting hurt. So they hired me to do this. And in fact... He said, in my business, the more broken bones I get, the more money I get. I said, well, that's good for you. But wait a minute. Wait, I, I mean, I'm here with you. I mean, this is dangerous. Oh, very dangerous. I said, oh, my gosh. Why don't I have a stuntman? Oh, you do. He says, you have a stuntman. I said, oh, oh, my goodness. Well, where is he? Oh, he's over there having coffee with Adam West. I said, well, wait a minute. So they were about to shoot. I stopped the, the, the filming. I called over the assistant director. I said, I think there's a terrible mistake here. And he said, why, Bert? I said, because this man's telling me it's a dangerous shot. He said, well, it is. I know, but he's a stuntman, and I'm not a stuntman. And why is my stuntman over there having coffee with Adam West, and I'm in a car that's about to come out at 55 miles an hour? He said, well, we can't use your stuntman. Well, why not? Oh, because he doesn't look like you. Oh, oh, my gosh. You hire somebody to be my stuntman? He doesn't look like me? Why is that? Well, we couldn't find anybody else. So guess what? I had to do it, as I'd had to do 98% of all the stunts on Batman. Spud, what? aren't you glad we have a radio show? That way, we don't have to do stunts ourselves. Hey, Bert, just a momento. 
Yes, I'm pretty sure that if we did have to, there shouldn't be any money in the budget for a temporary co-host to have a stunt double, which would be problematic as, as your lack of athleticism would surely prompt multiple injuries. Yeah, well, that's temporary, permanent co-host. Whatever. And I, by the way, I'm very athletic, and I have a high pain tolerance, too. So if I ever do have to perform my own stunts, I, you know, I'd take one for the team. Well, that's good to know. But let me get back to Bert. Okay, Bert, I am back. This, I didn't think I was going to survive the first week. Wow. Man, th thank you for your television service. Uh, I had no idea. I appreciate that. Well, let me... Yeah, well, guess what the studio did? The studio took out a $3 million life insurance policy on me. And they said that they were they felt very smart for doing that. And I'll tell you something. By the last few episodes that we filmed three years later, I could swear they were trying to collect on that policy. Oh, wow. Ah, that's kind of frightening. All right, well, let me remind everyone, most importantly... Everyone with a dog needs to go to GentleGiantRescue.com and buy some freaking dog food, right? And and go to our... Well, they can get it online directly with no shipping charge from Amazon.com, Chewy.com, Walmart.com, and PetSmart.com. But go to our Facebook page because it's very interactive. They can write to us today and they get an answer today about right. any question about how to properly care for their dog. And our Facebook page is Gentle Giants dog food and products please come please say hi we'll answer every question you have uh bird i just want to say again you do great work you serve a whole lot of uh very special animals so we appreciate it there you have it mr bert ward for all who love beautiful music there's one program you must hear this is a spud goodman show <laughs> Alrighty, it is musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest, Voodoo Death Gun. Gentlemen, please raise your right hand and state for the record your name and instrument of choice. All right. Mikey, rhythm guitar. Dave Jackson, bass player. Paul Goldman, uh, lead vocals and guitar. Chris Sandoval, drums. All right, this has been duly recorded. Um, now, off the record, how many chickens were sacrificed officially in the life of this band? I mean, not the practice chickens, chickens? but the ones that were handpicked for the actual voodoo hand ceremonies hand all you participate in. <laughs> you people. The handpicked ones? The number was 666. <laughs> or 667. rounded up figure. 70. It is the all number right. of man. All right. So... All of you guys have uh, been in a bunch of bands, that's for sure, from what I've heard right. uh, prior to this. What is the one lesson you have, have learned about the rock and roll racket? you got to make it family. You really? Stay together. You have to? For sure. you got to. You have to. Spud, you hear that? It'll break uh, up. Don't It'll get any apart. ideas. This is, huh? We're not a band. All right. Okay. <laughs> there are walls built up for reasons. All right? Okay. So, well, let me get something way more important than that. Um, this is very important to me, at least. What is the band's go-to snack food? Because people like to know that kind of stuff, or at least I do, because snacks are a Tacos. huge important of, part of life. Tacos, beer mainly. Beer. Animal crackers. <laughs> Jack Doritos. jerky. I like cheese. Beer mostly. Hot dogs. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, everything that can be found at a 7-Eleven. So you're you're on yeah. the same page as people in this in the studio. All right, it's food. rock and roll. <laughs> so so what is the name of the next song? And is it about somebody that you would say rather not know that they're the inspiration of it, or, or maybe an ex? 
or, or a friend who borrowed something and never returned it. Borrowed something and never returned it. I like borrowed something and never returned it. Let's take let's take option yeah, number three. Yeah, we're gonna three. take with that one. And all <laughs> of the above. Paul wrote it. <laughs> okay. The the name of the song is Huffer. Oh, it's women's song wine.
the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hi, I'm Margaret Cho, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Spud, yeah. your last guest, John Fugelsang, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, you know, this is a very smart man, very informed politically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done a lot of different things, uh, both on TV and in radio, but he has a new TV show coming out, I guess. Very informed politically? Right, yes. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with him. Can I ask you... Is he a supporter of our current commander-in-chief? You know, it would be nice to occasionally have someone who appreciates what hashtag our greatest president is trying to accomplish. And, you know, I don't think he's a big fan of Trump. It's hard to find anyone in the, in the fake media that, that digs your guy, you know? I, I can't figure out why. Spud, the liberal bias of the mainstream media is well-documented. Hashtag un-American. Uh, it's all fake news. I think Mr. Uh, hashtag Prime the Pump uh, benefited quite well from the fake media, you know? Especially, you know, during the campaign is what I'm referring to. He did quite well. Uh, me thinks he whines way too much. Uh, well, me thinks our president is being badly mistreated. Hashtag innocent victim. Uh, hashtag karma? Uh, now put John on, please. Yeah, here he is. Please say hey to actor, comedian, and political commentator John Fugelsang. Welcome. Hey, Spud. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you have a new show coming out in the fall, Page 6 TV, a longtime segment in the New York Post. Uh, now coming to television. Page 6 is the old school TMZ pretty much, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Long before there was TMZ, there was Page 6, uh, striking inspiration and horror into the hearts and minds of publicists and celebrities everywhere. And I kind of felt like I've been doing so much political humor for such a long time. I thought it was uh, time for me to help the healing begin and bring people together in mocking Kardashians, regardless of his location. As, as, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you stepped up and took that responsibility. So l- let me ask you this. So the Post is owned by uh, Mr. Rupert Murdoch. If you happen to have a scoop on one of the Trump kids uh, big game hunting somewhere in New Jersey, maybe like shooting some stray elephant from the old Ringling Brothers circus, will, will they let you report on it? Uh, I sure hope so. I, I half took the job to work for Rupert Murdoch because I'd love to be Sean Hannity's secret Santa at the Christmas party. So yeah. uh, we'll see what we can what we can swing. But uh, if either of the Trump sons, be it, be it Fredo or Shemp, yes. uh, kills anything in New Jersey, I'd love. And again, they kept all of America safe from that giraffe that was headed straight towards us. So Absolutely. we should be thankful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as a well-read and politically uh, savvy individual, uh, let me ask you this. Are we Americans who are currently experiencing, you know, uh, some severe anxiety issues, I- I'm not going to lie, uh, concerning our president, are we overreacting? Is everything going to be just fine? Will we have a happy ending, maybe? Uh, I don't think we're overreacting at all, but I think it's great that a lot of people are so politically engaged. I mean, y- you can look on the election as saying that... Uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton tied for second place. She got more votes, but they tied for second at 27% apiece. Apathy won at 46%. Yeah. Uh, 46% of eligible voters stayed home. So I think uh, while the fear is no good, the fact that a lot of people are much more engaged in the political process, looking at 2018, uh, I think that is good. All these news readers who are now becoming real journalists, um, to see all the uh, young people and people of different backgrounds showing up for marches, I, I think whatever gets people engaged in what's going on in society is great. And uh, that's why it's kind of fun. I get to do page six for the pop culture side of the brain and then my radio show and stand up for the political side. 
Right. So, but if some of us are waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, we're not overreacting, though, right? I mean, there is some basis. You, for no, you are not overreacting. No, okay. but the thing to do is, you know, get engaged and and uh, and care and be a part of the debate and be a part of the solution because, yeah, it's a scary time, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, you know, were looking for someone to tell them what they wanted to hear, and this was a guy who uh, was a, a you know. <laughs> A landlord with his own reality show who's literally a con man. And uh, Donald Trump just paid $25 million in education fraud for his scam online university. He's very good at talking people into things. And yeah. my fear is, as it becomes more apparent that uh, he's kind of sold a lot of nice people a bill of goods, the rancor may get even worse in this country, which is why I think it's really important for all of us to... Uh, be civil, be as informed as possible, be as engaged as possible, and try to laugh together wherever we can. Right. Well, speaking of laughing, um, you're you're well known for your uh, uh, pithy political commentary uh, on uh, well Stephanie Miller's show uh, Fridays with Fugelsang. You you make an appearance there uh, quite regularly, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I I do Stephanie Miller's show, and she and I do a tour together. I've been lucky enough to be regular on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. Did my own show on Current and. Uh, I've always loved doing political material, um, but I, I've also always done pop culture stuff, too. I did America's Funniest Home Videos and worked for TV Guide Channel, and uh, I kind of think it's healthy to have a balanced diet. But, um, but yeah, Stephanie Miller's a great broadcaster, and, uh, and I love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wanted to plug your sexy liberal resistance tour. Going on. I guess Hal, Hal Sparks is going to be with you guys. We, we love Hal. He's a great guest here. So, Yeah, Hal did the tour for the first couple of years, and I love working with him. He and I are going to be doing a tour of our own this year as well. Super. All right. Well, um, you know, this is, this is something we're dealing with in the studio right now. It's just a quick thing I'm going to run by you. We're, we're having sort of an intervention with uh, my Uncle Steve. I won't bore you with the details, but suffice to say he has an intimate like attachment to his ventriloquist dummy, and he's not a ventriloquist. Have you ever led an intervention? I'm not real skilled at it myself. I have actually taken part. I've never led one, but I've taken part oh. in uh, more than one intervention before. Okay. And uh, is this really the real thing? Is he really attached to a dummy, or is it a political thing? Well, no, we uh, we really don't quite understand it. He's sitting over here, and uh, I'm just tr trying to be gentle. I just thought maybe he might have a tip or two. Uh, this intervention thing is kind of new to us, but we're trying to deal with it on the show. But I'll nah, tell you what, I'll I move see. on. Well, if, if, he's a, if, if here's the thing to do. You want to get him a... a, a, a a fallback drug like a methadone so go for go for finger puppets or sock Ooh. puppets Ooh. as a transitional drug away from their ventriloquist dummy that'll give him a softer high uh, it'll still keep him addicted but you'll get him away from the hard stuff damn you are smart alright okay well let, let me I'm here to help yeah Spud do you really think it would be appropriate to substitute one vessel of perversity for another hey John just a sec I think it's a great idea. As John said, it would be a transitional tool, as nobody can go cold turkey kicking a bad habit except like in the movies or, or on TV. Come on, his idea makes a lot of sense. Well, I think that'd be like a compulsive gambler walking away from the blackjack table and going over to the slot machines. Gambling is gambling. A grown man having an inanimate object serve as his life partner is not healthy or moral spot. Hey, it's rude to talk about my uncle like he's not here. He hasn't died yet, okay? Uh, he's right there. Let me get back to John. Well, let me wrap this thing with my signature question for first-time guests on the show. Uh, John Fugel saying, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? Wow, uh, I've had a lot of them. Um, I, I once offered hot gay sex to uh, the Nazi Klansman David Duke oh. on the Bill Maher show if, if he would stop. I once got uh, on CNN, got Mitt Romney's advisor to call the governor an etch-a-sketch, which became a bit infamous. But I'd have to say my my 
My favorite moment would probably be um, when I worked for VH1 and George Harrison came in with Ravi Shankar one day. Ooh, it was one wow. of my first interviews, and I, I got him to stay for four hours instead of doing a 10-minute soundbite. And we gave him a guitar, and he played four songs, and that was the last time he ever performed in public. So I'd have to say that and this interview with you, Spud, are the two highlights I can point to. Ooh, good call. All right. Okay, yeah. then. Well, your new show, Page Six TV, can be found this fall on a station in just about every dang market in this country. And you're also with the radio crew doing the Worst Week Ever segments currently. And let me say this again. Look out for John on the Sexy Liberal Resistance Tour coming to your city soon. I think I got it all in. So thank you so much for coming yeah. on our show man thank you spud and sirius xm five days a week two to five p.m eastern thank you so much there you go mr john fugelsang this is the spud goodman show and many happy fish well i don't know how to approach this it's kind of the elephant in the room so to speak but well here goes steve as oh, we discuss no. the relationship you have with your little friend Jerry here, are you romantically involved? I, I know from reading the newspaper that there are so many uh, alternative lifestyles, I think they call it, out there. This must be one of them, huh? And then I say, like, whale sharks. I'm like, oh, that must mean a whale and a shark have sex. Oh, Gerald, this is what I was afraid of. Did you really have to go there? Uh, well, uh, yeah. He's my uncle, dude. If he enjoys I, the I company of a ventriloquist dummy, then so be it. Different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean! Uh, Gerald, before I answer your question, Spud, I think you need to apologize oh. for calling Jerry a dummy. Um, you know that is his trigger word, and, yeah. well, I can't be held responsible for his behavior here. Look at him. I can see the inner rage building. Okay, I yeah, I forgot. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm, I'm very ser- sorry about calling him a, a dummy. Uh, my bad. My bad. Okay, but, but so are you. Y- you know, in a relationship with Jerry here. Our listeners would like to know the answer, and this is an important question. That's so hot. I bet they could care less. Come on. No. I mean, that one sounds like it came directly from our executive producer. Did Lori just text you about asking that? Okay, look. We all want to know about the dynamics of this man-slash-service-doll uh, relationship. Not uh, me. Like, well, how deep is the connection? What are the parameters for each of them? Is possibly Satan involved in this sick behavior? Oh, the last question is mine, and I will not lie here. This is a really disgusting situation, and contrary to my biblical teachings. Well, if you want to get all judgy here, that that's your right, but... Both Jerry and I, ah, let me handle this. So, temporary co-host, how's the sex life going with your blow-up doll? Not that satisfying? Listen, my personal life is none of your business. Oh, well, that's temporary permanent co-host, and I've been happily married to my wife, Rachel, for over 20 years now. Happily? Really? Uh, Jerry, you can't question whether whether this guy's marriage is a sham. Hell no, you can't! Can we please change the subject? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do dig watching this kind of stuff on like Jerry Springer and Maury, Maury Povich, but their shows are often quite mesmerizing. Listen, but listen, this, but on the there other are hand, only a couple more just... questions I have for your uncle and his little friend, and we're running out of time. So may I proceed? I what the hell? Just, just make I, it, I, make I, it I, quick, and be respectful face. of my uncle's like lifestyle. Okay? okay. Okay. So would it be accurate to say that both of you are 
uh, enamored with each other. Uh, maybe not a sexual attraction, but a deep, special connection. Uh, you know, I took a psychology class ha, my senior ha. year at BYU, and I remember the aberrant behavior checklist as a number of those traits come to mind when we're discussing your current relationship. I'm not really sure what aberrant behavior is, but I think I'm insulted by it. Uh, Jerry here, uh, he'd like to express his feelings also. Go ahead. If I knew we were going to be asked this I would not have agreed to stop playing Call of Duty on my PlayStation to come here. This blows. Can we go now? I can't take this! Uh, I'm with you, Jerry. If I knew we were going to be confronted with this stuff, I would have just let you finish playing your video games. I'm sorry about this. Okay, let's hit the Pizza Hut. I think I came up with a killer combination pie. How about peanut butter, pickles, celery, hot dogs, tuna, and maybe garnish it with some maraschino cherries? I don't think Pizza Hut has those kinds of toppings. I suppose we could order a takeout plain cheese pizza and stop at Safeway and pick up those other items. Cool. Yeah, I think we're done here. Uh, Mr. Temporary Co-host, I hope you're satisfied with, with your efforts. I mean, this has been a big, fat waste of time. Uh, I mean, it's obvious. Hopefully, we have a couple listeners left right now. I don't think so. Yeah, once again, temporary, permanent co-host. And I will admit, this did not go like I had hoped. Really? Uh, you think? Well, we did not have a conclusion, you know, a climax to this human drama. Hey, you can go climax after the show somewhere. I am Spud Goodman. Hey, yeah. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye Once bye. again, here is Voodoo Death Gun. The Spud Goodman Show is recorded at NWCZ Radio with engineering by Mike Renville. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director, T.J. Pites. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Frank Nolasco. Pre- and post-production services at Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pat McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. <laughs>